Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Betterology, helping you think better, do better, and be better in your business, family, and faith, and get happier, healthier, and wealthier along the way. I'm Philip Gonzalez. I'm glad you're joining us today. Whether it's live or whether it's later, whether it's video or whether it's audio, I'm excited to explore today with you two keys to close any sale, answer any objection, and navigate any argument successfully. I wonder if you're watching or listening to this. Hmm. Oh, right, I've got my cool. Look at this before we get started. This is my cool mug. My wife gave it to me. Philip, you make my heart smile. Love, Heather. Love this. Got my morning coffee. Now, if you're a human, you probably get into arguments with other humans from time to time. Maybe you wouldn't call them arguments. Maybe they're just intense discussions. Maybe they're not really arguments. Maybe they're just differences of opinion and you don't let your voices get loud, but you know there's something there that isn't yet agreed upon. If you're in business, chances are you have some exposure to sales. You want to introduce your service or product to customers and clients who might need it. Maybe you are a frontline salesperson or maybe you're a business owner or a company leader and you need to know how to get your sales numbers up. Or maybe you're just a person who wants to connect better with others, well, if any of those are true about you, I have good news. The two keys I want to share with you today are going to help you do better with closing sales, answering objections, and navigating any argument successfully. Now, backstory. I came across these several years ago when I was reading a passage in the book of Proverbs from the Bible. Now, you may not be a Bible person. That's okay. You can still appreciate the wisdom here, I hope. Let me show you these two verses that go back to back. This is in Proverbs 26. The first one says this, Proverbs 26, verse 4, Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. Now, imagine that you're in a conversation with a difficult person, and they are just going on and on about something. Well, according to this proverb, you could interpret it in a way that says, don't sink to their level. And that's a really good Prefer, uh, a really good principle, right? If you're engaged with a person who is very difficult to deal with and, well, you know, they're not really communicating well, they're not really giving you the benefit of the doubt, they're not listening, don't sink to their level. Don't answer a fool according to their foolishness or you'll be like him yourself. The old adage, fire, fight fire with fire. The problem with that is if you fight fire with fire, everyone gets burned. So there's a lot of truth in that and I think we can appreciate that. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. But look at the follow-up verse right after this in verse uh, 26, I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 5, says this, answer a fool according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. Which, of course, you could interpret this to mean, if you keep silence when someone else is spouting nonsense then you are going to empower them. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, silence implies consent. And so if people are running their mouth or spouting off things that aren't correct or helpful or appropriate, you need to answer them and not just be silent or else they will assume that you agree with them. And so there's a lot of truth to be had in that. But what do we do with the fact that these two proverbs are just back to back and they seem to say completely opposite things? Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you'll be like him yourself. Or answer a fool 
according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. I mean, at some point, which is it? Answer or don't answer? Speak up or don't speak up? Well, as I've studied and prayed and pondered this over the years, it really comes down to two things, I think. And if we understand these two keys, I think we'll not only be able to have a better understanding of what these pair of Proverbs are saying, but if we apply these two keys, I really do believe that they will help you and me close any sale, answer any objection, and navigate any argument successfully. And that's what I want to share with you today on our episode. So the first one is timing. If you think about whether to answer or not answer, if there's a difficult person and they're saying difficult things, what do you do? How do you know what to say in response and how to say it? Well, the first key to doing this well is timing. So consider this. If you're having a sales conversation and the person on the other end of the line is not really responding well, and in fact, they're, they're bringing a lot of things to the table. You have a choice. You can continue on with your script or with your predetermined kind of ideas of what you want to say, or you can pay attention to the timing. Now, the same thing happens in relationships. If you're in an argument with somebody and, and they're bringing up things and they're going on and on, you will do wisely to consider this first key, the timing of how you respond. Because timing in comedy and in conversations really is everything. And so to help you do this, I want to give you three keys that you can ask. Or I'm sorry, three questions rather to apply this key. If you want to close any salience or any objection or navigate any argument successfully, here's three questions to ask yourself. And the more you ask these questions consciously to kind of learn how to do it, the more they will become subconscious habits that you just begin to intuitively understand. I mean, have you ever noticed how some people, they're just unflappable in conversations? I had a chance to listen in on a masterful sales training call yesterday in a really high-level mastermind that I'm a part of. And one of the things that the guy was so good at was being unflappable, unmoved. He was just completely calm and collected for the entire conversation. This sort of thing happens when you internalize these three questions that I'm about to share with you. So here they are. Question number one, if you want to master the key of timing, question number one is to ask this question, is this the right time in the conversation? Is this the right time in the conversation? Consider a conversation between two business people. Generally, you don't want to lead off with the price of your product, service, or offer, even if they ask, because you haven't yet had the time in the conversation to build enough rapport, to build enough framework to make the price seem like an obvious yes. And one of the biggest things that people get into in business that causes them to lose sales is not understanding the timing of conversations. Your customer journey isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. Yes, you can have particular frameworks, and yes, you should have particular processes, but the ability to navigate a conversation and understand the timing of that conversation is key. In relationships, if you are in the middle of an argument, then that might not be the best time to refer to something else that you want to ask them to do for you, right? If you <laughs> if you want to ask them to to you know go pick up something for you or watch the kids or follow up on your birthday, whatever it may be, 
in the middle of a heated argument might not be the best time in that conversation. You want to save that till the end when you've resolved everything successfully, right? So ask this question, is this the right time in the conversation? That will help you master the key of timing. Question number two, if you want to close any sale, answer any objection and navigate any argument successfully. If you want to master the key of timing, question two, is this the right time in the week or the month or the year? See, you're you're in a conversation with someone, whether it's a sales conversation or a relationship conversation. And the first thing is think about the timing of that conversation, but then you need to zoom out. And if you can zoom out and take a wider view, ask yourself, what else is happening in that person's life and in your life? What else is happening in the business climate of your industry? What else is happening in the flow of seasons in the year, whether it's the seasonal year, the school year, the sales cycle, whatever it may be? When you zoom out and ask, is this the right time of the week? Is it 4 p.m. on a Friday and they just want to be done so they can go back to their weekend? Is it 8 a.m. on a Monday and they're just trying to get oriented to the week ahead? Is it 11.45 p.m. on a Wednesday and you're in your living room yelling at each other because you're both exhausted? Understand the time of the week and of the month and of the year. And if you can do that, you will begin to instinctively know certain things don't need to be said or things that do need to be said must be said in a certain way because of the context of the wider picture of time. But there's a third question I want to share with you about how to master the key of timing in your sales, in your objections, and in your conversations. Here's what it is. Ask yourself, is this the right time in the relationship? So consider this. If you've been doing business with someone for four or five or 10 years, the quality of your conversation will be different than if you just met someone or you've only had one project with them. There's certain things that you can do and say that you can't do if you just met someone versus if you've been dating them or married to them or friends with them for years. Understand the time of the relationship and that will give you a greater sense of how you can navigate those sales conversations, handle objections, and answer any arguments. Three questions to help you master the key. Number one, which is the key of timing. Now, the second thing, the second key to help you close any sale, answer any objection, or navigate any argument successfully. I know I keep saying that, but <laughs> it's because I want you to really get how powerful these two keys are. The second key is the key of context. And context is similar to timing, but it is different, right? Obviously, timing is about the linear flow of time. But context is about understanding more than just the flow of time. It's about understanding the surroundings and the circumstances that have taken place or that are taking place in that time frame that you're considering. So for instance, uh, let's ask the first question. If you really want to master the key of context, where have they been in their journey? Listen, I had this conversation with someone the other day. I had the opportunity to close a $20,000 contract and we had this great conversation and I understood from what he said that the context where he had been was he'd been burned before. He had trusted people before to come alongside him and help him grow his business in this particular way and it hadn't worked that well. So I knew in that conversation because of where he had been in his journey I needed to go above and beyond to inspire trust 
and to extend every opportunity I could to show that I'm with him, that I'm for him, that I'm on his side. I knew where he'd been, so I was able to meet him where he was. This is especially true in relationships between people. You need to know where they've been. If you're in a conversation with someone, a spouse or a significant other, and things are getting heated, a big reason for that might have nothing to do with you and have everything to do with their childhood, with how their relationship with their parents was or is, with their own experiences of failure or inadequacy. And only by understanding where they've been Will you be able to master the context and be able to communicate effectively where you are now so you can get where you're going? Where have they been in their journey? The first question to master the key of context. The second question is similar but different. Where have we been together? Now, notice the difference here. This is about looking back to the shared experiences that you've had together. So again, similarly, uh, is this the right time in the relationship? That's about, you know, have you just met? Have you known each other for a while? This is different. Asking where we have been together is considering the specific experiences that you've gone through. So again, we'll use a business relationship example first. If you have completed several projects and you've proven yourself trustworthy and effective, then you can communicate in a way and you can draw on those experiences to inspire the next yes for the next sale. By contrast, if you haven't actually done very well, or if they haven't done very well, whatever the case may be, the context of those experiences will determine how you need to navigate that sales conversation, how you need to handle their arguments or objections. And when you understand where you've been together, that will be helpful. Again, same thing in personal relationships. You can draw on experiences of the past, shared experiences, and use that as a shared framework to say, you know, I know it looks difficult right now, but remember that one time when we were in this situation or that situation or went to that place? Remember that? We got through that. And I believe we can get through it again. Or vice versa. Remember that last time that almost caused total catastrophe? I don't think you want to go back there again. I know I don't want to go back there again. Is that accurate? Okay, then let's not go back there again. Let's go forward together. Understand the context of where you've been together, and you'll be able to navigate arguments, handle objections, and close sales more effectively. Third thing, the third question to ask to master the key of context is this, where are we now in this setting? Now, the other questions that we've asked to master the key of timing and to master the key of context have a lot to do with remembering the past. This one is about being extremely aware of the present. So for instance, if you're in the middle of a conversation with someone and you want to encourage them to say yes to your product, service, or offer, and there's a lot of noise in the background, their kids are in, on the other end of the line making noise, or your kids are, right? There's a lot of interruptions. Pay attention to that setting and understand the context. This is probably not the time to go for the close. This is probably a time to postpone the conversation. Same thing, where are we now in this setting? If you're in a discussion with one of your kids or with a significant other or a family member, and the setting is one where there's a lot of distractions or it's a very uncomfortable physical environment, it's very hot and you're both sweating, it's very cold and you're both freezing, that's not a great time to have a significant, meaningful conversation. That would be a good time to postpone. Another example, where are we now in this setting? If you can 
find a way to create a setting where they feel at ease and you feel comfortable and at peace, that kind of setting is great for high value, high importance conversations. But being aware of the setting is going to be super important because here's what will happen. If you can show someone that you genuinely care about their ability to understand and make a good decision for them, then they are going to be more likely to trust you. If you can show someone else that you understand and you genuinely care about them being able to have the best opportunity to think clearly and relate calmly, then they're going to notice that. They may not be able to articulate it consciously, but subconsciously they'll be able to pick up on the fact that you care about them. So understanding where you are now in this setting is one of the biggest ways and the best ways to master the key of context so you can close any sale, answer any objection, and handle any argument successfully. That's it. Two keys to help you do this. The key of timing and the key of context. And I hope that's helpful for you. Now, several people have asked me about further communication training. Yes, I am working on some things and I'll definitely let you know when I have more things to share because one of my passions is helping people build a better world together for the glory of God. And you can't do that without effective communication. So be on the lookout for some of those things in the not too distant future. And in the meantime, if you have any follow-ups, questions, things you'd like to explore, please feel free to let me know in the comments below. Uh, usually when I drop these videos, I can't see them right away. I can't see the comments because of the platform I'm using, but I always want to go back and check and do my best to engage with you. Also, thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. It really helps me to reach others so that we can continue to grow together. And one last thing, I'm not sure if I said lastly or not, but this is really the last thing. If you have a particular topic about business, family, or faith that you would like us to explore on the show, please feel free to let me know in the comments, and I would love to see if that could be worked in to a future episode. All right, guys, as always, remember you can get more encouraging inspiration, resources, and more at philipgonzalez.com. I will let you know when the audio feed of this podcast is up. And until then, I hope you'll join me next Tuesday at 10-ish for Betterology. And until then, you have a great day. Thanks for watching.